I'm going to come around to the Word of God now. So if you've got a Bible with you, if you want to turn with me to the book of Galatians, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 5 today, and we're going to begin at verse 13. Galatians 5, starting at 13. And this is what it says. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or it will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not, allow, not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Let's pray. Father God, as we come to week two of this series, looking at the Holy Spirit together this morning, our prayer is that we will know your Spirit's moving, leading, and guiding in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. Begin to fill your people. Lord, speak to us, edify us, encourage us, spur us on to live the life that you call us to live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What brought you to this place today? Think about your mindset for a moment as you came into this place. Did you come to this place this morning just expecting to attend another church service? Or I wonder, did you come genuinely expecting to meet with the living God? Did you come expecting to connect with the creator of everything, to tell him how amazing he is, to hear from him, to show him? him your love and him to show you your needs for change what was your attitude when you came into this place this morning maybe you thought well you know what it's just what I do I come to church I've been doing it for years over and over again so that's why I'm here maybe you're here this morning and you don't really know why you're in this place today maybe you've come along to a dedication or you've been dragged along by your spouse or your other half and you're thinking I'm not really sure what I am doing here or did you come thinking I want to respond and interact with the living God I want him to change me and to mold me into the person that he has called me to be I want him to move me I want him to use me because I believe this morning church that's exactly what God wants to do right here, right now, in this place today. This doesn't have to be just another church service. Today, this could be something amazing. 
Last week, as a church, we began to speak about the Holy Spirit. And we learned that when Jesus ascended into heaven, he didn't leave us as orphans, but he gave us another, one just like him, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit now doesn't just walk alongside us, but he lives within us. He is our helper, the Bible tells us. He is our counselor. He is our encourager. He is our teacher, the one who testifies about God, the one who convicts us of our need for change. We also spoke last week that this God that we're talking about, this God that we worship is far above our understanding. We can never fully comprehend God because he is simply incomprehensible for our minds. We will never get our heads around him. We read these words together in Job 11, 7 to 8. Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens above what can you do? They are deeper than the depths below. What can you know? We can never, ever figure God out. We learn things about God in order that we might respond to him, but that is not ultimately the point. We're not here just to puff our knowledge up and get to know various different things. It's not about a mental capacity to know about God. Don't get me wrong. We're meant to acquire knowledge about God. That's why we have a sermon every single week. That's why we encourage people to get into the scriptures for themselves. That's why we encourage everyone to be part of a life group. But knowledge about God on its own is not enough because all knowledge does is makes us think we've got everything figured out. Our knowledge about God is meant to point us to the fact that we can have a relationship with him to show us who we are and to show us our need for change and to walk alongside him. The simple fact is that we're called to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Knowledge on its own, the Bible tells us, is actually dangerous. James 4.17 says this, If anyone then knows the good that they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's a sin for them. And when we begin to really think about who God is, this almighty, indescribable being who calls us his children, that should make us fall to our knees in awe and wonder and realize that we need to change. And as we approach week two of this Powerhouse series, and we once again consider some scriptures together, and we look at a scripture which is perhaps if you're a churchgoer or a Christian, quite a familiar scripture to you, this idea of the fruit of the Spirit. My prayer for each and every one of us this morning is that we don't allow familiarity to breed contempt. But we hear these words once again afresh to us today, and we allow the words here to really speak into our hearts and minds and allow God to mold us as a result. Let's read those words together again. Just at the end of that particular passage, starting at verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified with the flesh and with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying other. The Holy Spirit lives within us, but he doesn't only live within us. 
He is not only our counsellor, he is not only our encourager, he is not only our teacher, he not only testifies about God and convicts, but what we see in our scriptures today is that when we have the Holy Spirit living inside us, he begins to change us. There was once an Amish family who one day decided they were going to leave their community and go and explore the big wide city. So that's exactly what they did. They'd never been to a city before, but this day they decided to check it out. And they got into the middle of this large American city. And when they got there, they went to the biggest shopping mall that this city had to offer. And they stood there in the middle of this mall, utterly amazed by what they saw. All the shining lights which were around, these flat screen TVs that seemed to be everywhere. People just rushing around all over the place. The pace of life for these guys was just so fast and left them mesmerized. But then something truly mind-blowing happened in that mall. The family got separated And the father and the son, they stood in the center of this mall when this little haggard old lady came and she strode past, heading towards the lift. She stood at the bottom of these silver doors, waiting for the doors to open. And all of a sudden, the silver doors, they slid back and she walked in. The Amish man had absolutely no concept of a lift and just watched on with interest as this little old lady got through the doors into what appeared to be a little room and the door closed quickly behind her. Perplexed at what was going on, the Amish man just stood there and stared for a little bit longer until all of a sudden these silver doors opened once again and out of this lift strode this beautiful 21-year-old woman. She was absolutely stunning. The man's jaw dropped, and he tapped his son on the shoulder, and he said, son, go and get your mother. When we're talking about change and the change that the Holy Spirit brings, we're not talking about a change to our outward physical appearance, but we're talking about a change which only he can bring from the inside out to make us more like his son. If we submit ourselves to God, one thing he does in our lives is he produces genuine, lasting change. In reality, He is the only one who can bring change in our lives. As human beings, we have this tendency to find ourselves getting into all kinds of trouble. Whether that's financial trouble, you might look at your bank account and think to yourself, I just can't get a handle on my finances. I might need a loan. I might need some financial assistance. I might need someone to help me sort this out. And that may well be true. But let me tell you something, more than financial assistance, you need Jesus who can give you a different form of economics. When we take on his values and his mindset when it comes to finances, it changes our situation. You might be someone who struggles with depression or mental health issues, and you might think to yourself today, do you know what, I need some help. And that may well be true. And if you find yourselves in a place of struggle with mental health issues, first and foremost, I would say to you, go and seek the help that you need in order to get better. But more than just help, We need Jesus, who doesn't just have the power to help us, but has the power to heal us. You may be someone who is struggling with marital issues right now, or parenting issues. I don't know what it is that you are struggling with, but let me tell you something. The answer is the same. You need Jesus. 
Because the Bible promises that when we come to Christ, he starts a good work in us. He gives us the Holy Spirit who comes and takes up residence within us and starts to change and transform us. And this is the fruit. Here in Galatians chapter 5, Is that just me listening to myself preach? Here in Galatians chapter 5, in this passage, Paul tells the people here that they need to be filled with the Spirit, and this is the evidence. Here in Galatians, Paul is talking to a bunch of Christians who have received Jesus with joy, but they've also allowed one thing or another to get in the way. They have taken on board different teachings. They've compromised what they believe. And their faith in Jesus has got weak. And Paul is urging the believers here to remember the fact that they have come to know Jesus and remember the fact that the Holy Spirit is now living within them. And what Paul wants the church of Galatia to understand is that the Holy Spirit is not just a manifestation of supernatural power. The Holy Spirit is not someone simply speaking in tongues or giving a word of knowledge in a church service. The Holy Spirit is not simply a warm, fuzzy feeling that we get when God is present, but the Holy Spirit is the daily, sustaining, inspiring person and power in our lives. In reality, someone speaking in tongues or someone given a word of knowledge, is meaningless unless it affects the way that we actually live. And what Paul is pointing towards here in Galatians is that it's the spirit that transforms and produces lasting fruit. I'm going to put those fruit on the screen for a minute. Hopefully, uh, Steve's going to do that for me. And what I want you to do is to look at these words, love, joy, peace, patience, that came up as forbearance in the reading kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And as we look at these words for a moment, just meditate on these words for a moment, and ask yourself this morning, do people see this fruit within you? We're talking about an apple tree. We'd expect to see apples growing on an apple tree. When we're talking about the Holy Spirit tree, this is the fruit that we expect and I'm not asking people to look at this fruit and to, and to look at these words as a way of making us feel guilty today. Because the fact of the matter is, I look at this list for myself and I think, well, most of the time I cannot be very loving. Most of the time I'm not very kind or joyful or peaceful or patient or good or gentle or self-controlled. But I want us to dream together this morning. What would your life look like if this fruit was more evident in your life? How would your relationships begin to change? How would circumstances in your life be affected if these were the things which were evident today? What would it it look like if we truly loved everyone that we came into contact with, begun to feel joy despite the circumstances that we were facing? We began to know the peace of God even when things were tough. How would things be different if we were more patient, good, kind, gentle, and self-control. Dream with me for a minute. Wouldn't you love your life to look like this? Wouldn't we all love our life to look more like this? Isn't that why we are here in this room? The fact of the matter is, this is what God offers us. The Bible says that God has put his spirit within us, and this is the fruit of that. You can take those words off now, Steve, because the problem is, we all 
want to be better in some capacity, I'm sure. But the problem is we try to change in our own power and our own strength, and we try to do it in our own way. And let me tell you this morning, it's impossible. We're not strong enough to change in the way that we want to, and we're on to a losing battle before we even get started. Let's just pause for a moment, and let's just pray at this point in time. This is not a time for some out loud prayers. In fact, Steve, I'm going to ask you to put those words back on the screen as we pray. Because let's just spend a moment, and I want to encourage you to look at those words again. And ask yourself, where do you want to see fruit produced in your life today? And in the silence, ask God this morning to make that fruit more evident in your life. real challenge for us this morning is simple. What will you allow to dominate your life? What will you allow to be the main focal point in your life? The fruit of the Spirit, those words which we see here on the screen, are the outward expression of Jesus dwelling within us. And just like a fruit tree needs the right conditions to be able to grow, The fruit of the Holy Spirit in our life needs the right conditions to be able to grow. If you try to plant a banana tree in the Antarctic, you're not going to have much joy because the conditions aren't right for that to grow. Thank you, Steve. You can take that off now. And in the same way, when we're talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit needs the right conditions in our life in order to make the fruit that we've just seen on the screen That's why we read in a few verses later in Galatians chapter 5, at verse 25, these words. So we live by the Spirit, but let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking or envying each other. Keep in step with the Spirit. That means that every single step that we take should be in line with the Holy Spirit's leading in our life. You see, it's the Holy Spirit who produces this fruit in our life. But our responsibility is to make sure that the conditions are right for that fruit to grow. It's the Holy Spirit who brings about that lasting and genuine change. Our role is to be active participants. And when Paul says, keep in step, that can also be translated as walk in line or walk in harmony. The picture that Paul paints for us here is not that the Holy Spirit comes and takes over and does whatever he wants. We're not spiritual puppets or spiritual robots. But Paul points out that in using us, this Holy Spirit who promises to bring about change in our life, We'll do so when we allow our will to be aligned with his. And we allow him to set the direction that we should go. The song that we sung last week, there was a refrain in it, wasn't it? Spirit leads me where my trust is without borders. That's what it means to walk in step with the Spirit. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Holy Spirit, I want you to lead me, you to guide me, you to produce the fruit in my life. We're talking about seeking fellowship 
the Holy Spirit. Now, when it comes to walking in step, I have quite long legs. And nothing annoys me more than when I'm stuck behind an incredibly slow person on a pavement and there's no way for me to get around them. And I have to say as well, it's not that uncommon for me to be out walking with my family somewhere uh, only for me to find out five minutes later I'm actually walking on my own because the pace that I have set is not something that my family can keep up with. Walking in step with the Spirit means adjusting our pace the Spirit's pace. Spirit leads me. I'm not the one in control. It's all about you. Lead me where my trust is without borders. Walk at his pace. It means actively submitting ourselves to God's will and God's ways and allowing him to control the steps. It means actively seeking to make those conditions in our life right for producing fruit, looking at those disciplines which are going to help us draw closer to God, prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship. You see, God is interested in every single area of your life. When Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life in all its fullness, life in abundance, he's not talking about a church service Sunday morning kind of thing. He's talking about a whole life production of fruits in every area. So it means submitting our emotional, our physical, our social, our financial aspects to him and saying, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. And as I said last week, if I'm honest, when it comes to my faith in Jesus and my experience of him so far, what I've experienced of God so far is not enough. I want more of him. And maybe you do too. And the problem is, at times, when it comes to our faith, we can often compartmentalize our faith. And you know, when we simply honor God with our lips, but we don't honor him with the whole of our life, we can't be surprised that we don't see that fruit produced in the way that it could be. I think it's fair to say that when it comes to God, sometimes we find ourselves in a little bit of a safety zone. We want to rest well. We want to look after our family. We want a little bit of religion. We want a little bit of the Holy Spirit. We want enough so we don't feel guilty and we can be assured of our salvation. But this whole idea of being led by the Spirit in every area of our lives, well, I don't really know about that. Scripture, though, never calls us to have a little bit of God's. It calls us to live totally and utterly radically for him. German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer put it like this. When Jesus calls a person, he bids them come and die. Leave your old life behind. Forget the former things. See, I am doing a new thing. It's all or nothing with God. Just dream with me for a minute. What would it look like? What would it truly look like for you if you began to walk with the Spirit? How would things be different? How would it make your decision-making on a day-to-day basis look different? How would it affect your family life? It might feel quite scary at times, but it would be so much more exciting. Because let's face it, when it comes to these things, we struggle. We all struggle. And the idea at times of giving God everything is a struggle for us, even in a place where we're full of Christians. We come together on a Sunday morning, we sing songs, but sometimes we don't necessarily really engage. We hold back a little bit because we're worried about what people might think around us. And if we do that with one another, how will that be different in the world? I want to suggest this morning, this is a safe place to open yourself up to what God might want to do in your life today. To say, Spirit, leave me where my trust is without borders. 
to recognize that we're here for an audience of one and allow him to do what only him can do. In conclusion this morning, you're a Christian in this place. When you met with Jesus, the Bible tells us that Jesus started a good work in you. And part of the Holy Spirit's role in your life is to change you and to transform you. But you have to be in a place where you allow him to do so. That fruit that he can grow in your life grows in the right conditions. And maybe some of you here today have never asked God to change or transform you. My encouragement is to do it today. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation, to seek the Lord while he is there to be found and to draw on him while he is near. Maybe you're here today and you are desperate for some areas in your life to change. Maybe there are things you're really struggling with today. My challenge for you is to open yourself up to what God might want to do in your life today, to put yourself in a position where God can meet with you this morning, change and transform you. What things might God be calling you to lay down, to let go of? Who might God be calling you to forgive? Who might God be calling you to be reconciled with? I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And in a moment, we're going to worship God together. And as we do every single week, we're going to allow some time for God maybe to move in our midst. We're going to allow people to have the opportunity to be prayed for for anything we've spoken about. And we'll allow some space for God to speak to us this morning. So if you're here in the room, why don't you stand with me? And once again, let's just in the silent moment, let's just prepare our hearts, hopefully to meet with God personally this morning. Holy Spirit, would you come into this place right now? Would you meet with your people? Lord, will you confirm your closeness to each and every one of us today? Lord, I want to thank you that it's you that produces lasting change in our life. If we're honest, we all recognize our need for change. There are all areas in each of our lives that we would not want anyone else to know about because we're ashamed. Thank you, Lord, that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, may this be a time of encouragement for your people this morning. May we know you draw very near.